Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Doing well. Thank Wednesday. you. Good. I took out the trash this morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, yesterday, yesterday I made a statement. It wasn't uh, an emphatic statement that I knew. But it was along the line, well, it looks like the war's over. Yeah. <laughs> New York Times capitulated, Heritage capitulated. Hey, we got to back off from this. Yeah. And even they didn't, uh, didn't claim they were changing their position, but they were being realistic that this war is over. You know, uh, the uh, uh, number of weapons we've been sending in Ukraine doesn't seem to have helped that much. Yeah, uh, this goes on and on. And the American people uh, are starting to wake up that there's a cost to them yeah. by sending all these weapons. But um, today, though, uh, I have to soften that position. The war is not over. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's uh, accelerated uh, where I didn't expect it to so quickly. So the headline today on Zero Hedge is Russia holds nuclear forces drill as Biden unveils $700 million more for Ukraine. Oh, yeah. So they're, they're at it again. But, you know, the sooner we run out of money, I think <laughs> the better it would be for everybody because, uh, you know, the money, we living more poorly. That's happened before. Governments has done that to the people lots of times. But this whole idea that they play tit for tat and, and games. So the, the Russians are pretty good at this. So, so what do the Russians do? They hold nuclear forces, drills. Yeah. Well, I don't think they're preparing for a nuclear war. I don't think any and I don't think anybody believes them. But, you know, uh, who, who knows? Some maniac might do something. There might be a false flag or what. But just messing around with it and thinking this. At the same time, there are no negotiations, really serious uh, negotiations. And uh, I, I, I thought that the things might have been shifting there since uh, places like New York Times and Heritage, because they're the darling of the military industrial complex. But it looks like who won that little one day battle? The military industrial complex. It looks like they're still still getting their money. And, uh, and and there's more weapons being sent over there, which means that uh, I guess we'll be talking about Ukraine for couple more days, a couple more weeks. Yeah. I hope it's not a couple more years. What if it's a couple more decades? Yeah, I, Which is always possible. Nobody would think that is conceivable. But uh, in this day and age where wars don't end easily because they're started for ridiculous reasons and there's no precise goal and they are started illegally, they just become a menace uh, to the people. Well, the timing of the Russian nuclear drills is not coincidental, obviously. It's meant to send a message. The Biden administration, we'll talk about this in a minute, has unveiled, as you say, the $700 million more weapons, including new rockets, much more complex than the howitzers they've been sending. So right on the heels of this, Russia has a nuclear uh, 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 exercise. It's obviously meant to send a message. Everyone except the geniuses in Washington would understand the message. You are on the red line here. Uh, but, of course, Washington tells us not to believe Russia. They told us not to believe Russia when Russia said we need a new security architecture for Europe back in December, and we in the in Washington laughed them off. On and on and on, they say the Russians are bluffing, but the Russians have always done what they've said, whether you like it or not, it's a fact. So it is very dangerous. And you talk about, uh, uh, you know, at first we're starting to see New York Times, we're starting to see them saying, well, you know, things, but, but then here comes new weapons. Well, the thing that's even worse than that, uh, it's 
is that Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, he said just yesterday or the, the day before, this war can only end through negotiations. It's not something you say when you're about to win a war. So he knows it, the mainstream media knows it, everybody knows it, probably including the military industrial complex. Nevertheless, that gravy train is too sweet to get off it quite yet. It's still producing those big bucks, and so they're going to ride it all the way into oblivion. Yeah, and it's always couched in words of uh, an opening toward peace that we don't want war, yeah. you know, with, with Russia. I know he doesn't want war. He wants to play the tough man's game. But uh, unless uh, people understand exactly what has transpired, not only for uh, since 2014, but even a little bit further back to understand Ukraine. And uh, Ukraine should not be on our radar. Yeah. If it had just been left alone, if uh, if you have sympathy for the Ukrainians, uh, go help them. But the ones that have been sympathizing and wanted to physically help, which uh, I had no qualms with, if they wanted to go over there and do that. Yeah. But but it looks like they're coming home. Uh, that, that they've lost confidence too. That that uh, it's a no-win war, and yet yet they are they're what we used to call bullheaded. Yeah. He doesn't give up. And, uh, and, and uh, so this, this is going to linger for a while. Uh, and I don't know uh, when they're going to wake up. I keep thinking nobody's going to wake up on the spending until the dollar gets much weaker. But every day it's getting weaker. <laughs> weaker and weaker. Well, let's put up that second clip. I got him a little bit out of order. This is from the Washington Times. This is just a graphic example. Biden to announce $700 million round of lethal aid to Ukraine, including advanced rocket systems. And let's backtrack one, if we can, to the first one. Here's him making his announcement. Uh, and this is what we saw from another article. The report follows the announcement U.S. has approved a $700 million package of security assistance sent to Kiev, which will include helicopters, anti-tank weapon systems, more stingers, and medium-range, high-mobility artillery rocket systems. Now, that's the big deal is the last part because those are longer range multiple rocket launchers and that's I think why Russia is holding the drills. Um, but again, uh, the issue is sending these over when basically they know, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Severodonetsk has been taken, they're moving on to Slavyansk. I mean, th it's happening in eastern Ukraine. Russians are winning, even Zelensky saying it, uh, but they've got to get these weapons over. So I wanted to look, Dr. Paul, because I wanted to, and in fact, even in the description, it's not accurate because I looked after I wrote it because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to dig to see is this 700 new million or is it out of the 40 billion or is it out of the 20 gazillion <laughs> where does it come from and actually if you look at the Washington Times article and you go down about 15 paragraphs it actually is from that 40 billion dollars so they're pulling some from that pool out so I guess we shouldn't be complaining too much. <laughs> right. You know uh, I, I saw a statistic, and this will be a rough estimate. There's 99% uh, of the people who own guns in the United States uh, never commit a crime. But the 1%, very, very vicious and noisy, and like, like this weekend. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about schools, and that's a tragedy. Yeah. But what, what about somebody pointed out what was happening in Chicago? Yeah. You know, there were 50 killed on, in Chicago, you know, over, over the weekend. And somebody else made the point that uh, the rifles of the, the 99 percent, which means millions of Americans, uh, you, you know, have guns. Uh, we have groups of people in this country that believe that their sole purpose in life is to get the guns away from those people and give them to the Iranians. Yeah. To the, uh, Iranians. Yeah, Ukrainians. <laughs> so, 
Ukrainians, you know, we, we sent them over there and that's where all the, and then that's, of course, we're going to mention that some more too, because that has a long-term effect. Yeah. And they, they don't disappear overnight. Well, you know, when we were talking before the show, you made this point and I thought it was a great point. So I wanted to look for some photos to show just how insane what, what you were saying was. And people say, well, we're confused about Biden's foreign policy. What is his policy on Ukraine? Well, here is a great graphic image. This is both from Radio Free Europe. Uh, funded by the U.S. and George Soros, so it's a U.S. government publication, essentially. But here's the first headline from May 30th. Biden rules out sending Ukraine long-range rocket systems that can reach Russia. Next clip. <laughs> Biden says U.S. agrees to send longer-range <laughs> rocket systems to Ukraine. Now, of course, the devil is in the details, and I don't want to spoil the joke. You can... You can figure it out yourself, but it's just funny on one day, we're not going to send these long-range rockets. The second day later, we're going to send longer-range rockets, and you look in the fine print. Well, Ukraine has promised, Zelensky has promised Blinken and Biden they're not going to put these rockets and send them into Russia. They have never told a lie throughout the entire war, so I think we should believe them. Well, you know, you sort of explained to me why I never graduated and got promoted in Washington. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, the one thing is, is uh, being consistent is unimportant. Sometimes, uh, you know, I, I really thought that was supposed to be good. And I felt complimented when I said, you know, I met you five years ago. You said the same thing five years ago. <laughs> and I, I took it as a compliment. <laughs> but, but here... The per person that made it all the way through, he got to the Senate, it stayed a long time, vice president, now president, and he's not exactly consistent on what he's saying. And then the American people, you know, get a little confused. But right now, maybe they're, maybe uh, our current administration is over the top, you know, uh, they, they all err. And I don't think, I don't think consistency uh, is their goal. I think consistency uh, brings about confusions. It puts them into a moral dilemma. Oh, if I have to, if I have to be consistent, uh, then I'd have have to have to do this. But I've changed my mind, and uh, and the politicians, uh, you know, generally accept that principle that uh, changing their mind is their privilege. And, and not only that, it's very important. You can't be, you know, uh, so determined that you're so rigid that you get locked in on philosophy. You ever see that in print? Yeah. That guy's locked in on philosophy. So he he's a danger. And you have to be you have to be flexible and be able to uh, change your mind with the times. And uh, of course, uh, you know, there's been a few documents uh, over, over the years uh, written. I can think of some commandments that weren't supposed to be varied. And also our, our document of our uh, Ten Amendments to the Constitution are supposed to mean something. But, but some people spend a lifetime canceling that out, you know, and, uh, and that's why, I mean, you, you think of the perpetual obsession with this, try to get rid of the Second Amendment, uh, you know, they, you get a lot of noise from there, but quietly they destroy the First Amendment so you can't talk about the rest of the amendment that they're always changing their money, on, uh, their, their uh, attitude on. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the, you know, the encapsulation of the insanity of the Biden policy, and this is a headline from Zero Hedge today, uh, very simple. <laughs> Biden unveils longer-range rockets for Ukraine, stresses we don't seek NATO-Russian war. I mean, this is like man punches man in face, says not seeking more <laughs> a punch back. I mean, it's clear that this is what the intention is. And actually, Biden 
He was busy this weekend. He was writing an editorial for the New York Times. Uh, it came out explaining our policy clear as mud on Ukraine. And let's put up this next clip because this is Biden. This is via Zero Hedge in the New York Times. We do not seek a war between NATO and Russia. As much as I disagree with Mr. Putin and find his actions an outrage, the U.S. will not try to bring his ouster in Moscow. He just said that that's a couple of weeks ago that that's what he won. Okay. He may have forgotten that. That's okay. Um, quote, so long as the U.S. or our allies are not attacked, we will not be directly engaged in the conflict by sending troops to fight in Ukraine. So you're not engaged in the conflict. But, and here he says in the same article, put on the next one, we're not going to get engaged. We're not going to be part of this war at all. But then he says, we will continue providing Ukraine with advanced weaponry, including Javelin anti-tank missiles, Stinger anti-aircraft missiles, powerful artiller artillery and precision rocket systems, radars, unmanned aerial vehicles, MI-17 helicopters and ammunition. We will also send billions more in financial assistance as authorized by Congress. Those two statements don't go together. But when you dig down to uh, eventually you'll find the truth is buried in this article and put up the next one because here's what it is. Why are you doing this? Well, no, no, go back once. Biden stressed, we have to move quickly to send Ukraine a significant amount of weaponry and ammunition so it can fight on the battlefield and be in the strongest possible position at the negotiating table. Dr. Paul, that is the giveaway. We got to send it quick because we know, I mean, if you think Ukraine is winning, you're not talking about going to the negotiating table. You're going to talk about dictating the terms. They realize, Washington realizes, the mainstream media realizes the game is up. What some people like Colonel McGregor were saying from day one, the game is up. Ukraine is going to lose. we got to get these weapons, weapons in there as fast as we can so that they have some leverage as losers on the negotiating table. If that's not cynicism, when you yeah. see all the blood being let from these Ukrainian soldiers in the battlefield, who a couple of weeks ago were car mechanics. They're not professional military people. Uh, it's truly disgusting, as you wrote in your editorial, fighting Ukraine, uh, fighting Russia down to the last Ukrainian. You know, uh, we've mentioned many times that the bigger the government, and the bigger the empire, the more lies they have to tell. And uh, people get immune to, 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 to it, and which is good. I believe what the government is saying. But, you know, it's been traditional uh, over the years for people to say, don't, uh, don't listen to what the Federal Reserve say. Watch the numbers. Watch what they're doing. If they say they're doing ABC, but they're doing something else. But this is the, this is the case here. You know, don't, don't listen to them. Uh, <laughs> you know, see what they're going to do. And, and that also brings up, you know, what we discovered a long time ago working in the congressional office. And uh, my, my message to anybody that was working there, don't, don't put a lot of attention on the title of the bill because they're lying to you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, that's a job. You know what, that makes it tougher on us. You know, yeah. we're trying to sort this thing out. But uh, it, and I get tired of telling everybody, well, why do you believe them? <laughs> yeah. So uh, people want to, sometimes they want to believe it. And uh, sometimes uh, they don't have any choice. And, and you know what amazes me is uh, 
they may wake up to some belief, and then a year or so later they do this. They start this, another war exactly the yeah, same way exactly the after same. they get sick and tired of it. Uh, so there, when they were, the hope was developed after the Vietnam War ended in tragedy, uh, they say, ah, the Vietnam War syndrome. is, is so The, the anti-war people thought this was a good idea, but uh, the whole goal was from the Bushes. They were waiting to repeal that attitude, and, uh, and actually they weren't very good at that because right now the evaluation of uh, you know the Middle East and what we did uh, you know with the Bushes isn't anything to brag about. Yeah, that is definitely the case. <laughs> Nothing to brag about. Well, the um, the other thing we wanted to talk about, and these are all three kind of related today, but this is the fallout from these billions of dollars worth of weapons, and finally. Uh, Europol, a European police uh, agency, has come out and said there's some concern here. And let's put up this next, um, this next is our last clip for today. And this is uh, also from our, our friends at the Hedge, I think. Uh, no, this is, uh, this is not actually. But uh, Europol warns of weapons falling in the wrong hands after the war. And this is the Europol director, Catherine de Bol. She told Welt am Sonntag. At some point, the war will be over. We want to avoid a situation like the one that followed, in the war, followed the war in the Balkans 30 years ago. The weapons from the war are still being used by criminal groups today. It's a little late for thinking about this, isn't it? Boy, for sure, you know, and uh, how many weapons are still around from World War II? Probably nobody knows the exact answer, and nobody knows for sure which ones are, are you know, effective. But they're around, and certain countries have them, and they use them for leverage. And uh, I don't think they gathered up all the big weapons, uh, you know, after World War II, and people use this as, as leverage. And, of course, the leverage between the two, the two giants, U.S. And, and Russia, lasted for a long time. Uh, but right now, I think that has shifted. But here it does. It pops up again. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the Russians haven't given up on saying, look, you guys keep doing this. Uh, remember, you know, what, what we have. But, uh, and then they talk about the criminal groups. Uh, it, it, I'd be interested in getting them to give a, 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 a very detailed definition of a criminal group <laughs> because uh, I've, I've met some criminals. They were actually in government. <laughs> yeah, lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> and they know how to work the courts. Uh, they do. It. Oh, yeah. That's. That's a topic for we have to pick up on. <laughs> but you know, I always when this whenever this comes out, I do always go back to Rand Paul and that famous questioning of Hillary. And I know I've talked about the show. We've talked about it on the show before. But I think that was such an amazing moment when he asked then Secretary of State Hillary Clinton about what was going, what was really going on over there in Benghazi. Is it true that these were weapons being laundered from the Libyan revolution that we were behind over to the Al Qaeda in Syria, which we were also behind? <laughs> And, of course, Hillary didn't have an answer for it. And I think subsequently we have understood that that is exactly what happened. All the weapons we poured into the democratic opposition in Libya ended up in the hands of the democratic jihadists in Syria. And it does make you wonder if this is what we're seeing again. And that does make you, if you're a cynic like I am, wonder if that wasn't all in the cards. Because they've not given up on Assad must go. And there have been some anecdotal reports. I have not seen them confirmed. But some anecdotal reports that some of these weapons that were sent to Ukraine have already started showing up in the Syrian Democratic Forces, i.e. jihadists backed by the U.S., 
in Syria. And I can just imagine some pencil neck in the State Department uh, thinking, you know what, this is a great idea. We'll send all these weapons to Ukraine, and then we will rekindle the Assad must go war in Syria. Um, it sounds like a fantasy, sounds like a conspiracy. However, we've kind of been around the block long enough to know how they think over there. Right. You know, it's, um, it's a shame that we as uh, anti-war uh, libertarians aren't being more successful and building bigger coalitions because I think the American people are ripe for having somebody lead them you know, in a way that they reject war and do it from a moral basis and that they're not going to be, they, they shouldn't ever be de declared, you know, un-American because they're against putting uh, our, our kids, our soldiers into war. They're immoral, unconstitutional, doomed to fail, and, uh, and yet that is the case. So right now I continue to think about, uh, you know, the, the coalitions that have faded and uh, what can come of this because it's so necessary to have, uh, have an anti-war movement and, uh, and, and that means trying to get the progressives and, and we do still have a few but I don't think, I, I think the ones that uh, the progressives that have changed uh, no longer like the word progressive anymore because their allies in the progressive movement, you know, uh, have been, uh, you know, pretty sloppy in what they, what they believe in and they don't stick to any principle. But I think, I think that uh, there's a fertile field out there and I'm going to continue because I, I hope we can talk to more of those disgruntled. And there are a few that are already yeah. with us on it because, you know, you know, you know, I know, and I know this won't be the most popular name on our program, <laughs> but I'm sort of fascinated with even with the vulgarity of Bill Maher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I'll tell you what, but you know what, the, the few times I had to deal with him in the campaign, uh, when he made a mistake and called me, well, he didn't call me names, but uh -huh. really came down hard on me, in a, in a week or two later, he, he essentially apologized, yeah. and he, he said, well, you know, last week, you know, I said, Ron Paul's crazy. He says, now I know he's the only one that's sane. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, no, it can happen, uh, but putting it together. But, but the way I look at this, it should be done by individuals, no matter how, what way they can do it. It could be a totally nonpartisan and non a group that is not named. I mean, why, why can we only have progressives or libertarians against war? Why can't we have uh, the American people against the war and the people who believe that it's totally unnecessary and uh, that if you do the polling correctly, you'll find out most people don't really say, yeah, I, I'm anxious to go to war because yeah. I, I, I might, uh, uh, even though I have to put, put up with higher gasoline prices or something else, they should realize the cost of war. Uh, and, and, and that's what we haven't gotten across yet, but uh, we, we'll keep working at it. Yeah, I think you, you talk about how you know, we should be able to reach more. I think we can try to leverage the high time preference that characterizes the American, you know, American in the 21st century. And I think money is our leverage. We talk about another 700 million. And I think that starts to resonate. And maybe it's not a pure libertarian argument that we're able to convince them with. But I think hitting home in the pocketbook is a good substitute oh, yeah. for that. Yeah. You know, no baby food. You can't afford gas. In fact, my car is down to a quarter of a tank, and I'm dreading going to the gas station right now. But you also um, talk about, you know, how we're doing it over again. I mean, this whole pattern keeps repeating. 
first you start with a war propaganda. Then you start with another crusade. We're going to make Ukraine safe for democracy. We're going to make Libya safe for democracy. Then disaster follows. And then what are the same pundits who once again tell us we have to do this, get on and say, gosh, no one saw that coming, Yeah. right? Over and over and over. You know, so. the slogan that was used a lot in the 70s uh, to blame the tragedy there, but the, the one we're going through now, everybody's admitting this inflation is worse and it's going to get worse. But uh, back then it was a result of guns and butter. Yeah. And uh, yet when you look at the numbers back there, that was modest compared to what they, what we're yeah. doing right <laughs> now. But of course we were financing the, uh, the guns, the war in Vietnam, which was a fruit thing to do and the butter was the welfare and uh, and I guess LBJ's whole, whole point was you can have both yeah. guns and butter and, and uh, they did that and then uh, people woke up in the 60s and uh, in a very positive way saying hey what's going on and then the market is what finally you know broke through and this market is is something that wasn't in their planning uh, the market can overwhelm and send the message. So the market should be our teacher. But then it goes, all goes back then. Where do they learn their economics? Yeah. And uh, what, how many, what, do you think I'm overstating if I said about 98% of the people we ran into staff-wise and con congressman-wise probably didn't have the vaguest idea <laughs> of Austrian economics. What's this Australian economics? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't think you can do without it. Yeah. Well, I'll just close by thanking our audience again. Uh, our, our subscriptions are increasing, so please subscribe. If you're not subscribed, pass it around. Uh, we do our best to try to bring you the truth. Uh, as much as can, I can. I'm getting excited about Saturday. i got to think of something to say, Dr. Paul. Um, but we have our conference on Saturday. If you haven't gotten your tickets, you can go to ronpaulinstitute.org and join us. It's going to be a great event. Uh, for, don't forget, mark your calendars. Uh, September 3rd, Washington, D.C. Uh, hopefully we'll have those tickets on sale when the smoke clears from this weekend's conference. Could I make a minor change? Yes. I'll suggest it to you. But you, you're your own guy. I know that. But do we have to call it D.C.? Yes, you're right. Dulles. <laughs> no, not Dulles. That's even worse. Oh, yeah. How about Virginia? Well, Virginia. Virginia's better Virginia. now. Yeah, Virginia. Virginia's moving in the right direction. That's bad. We're getting there. <laughs> so, anyway, I do want to thank everybody for tuning in to, uh, to, to the Liberty Report. And uh, if you come to our convention, it's not going to be dull. You're coming not only to associate with uh, like-minded people, you're also uh, in a position where you might pick up a few pointers because that's what we do. We pick up a lot of support and, 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 and pointers. And this is the reason after I did so many rallies over the years that I always like to talk, especially to the young people. And the uh, problem was there was a bunch and I couldn't talk to them all, but I really like to talk to them to find out when did, when did you come across this, you know, free market stuff, this libertarian beliefs and how did you get excited? And they have a, a lot of different reasons uh, why that happened and I'm always impressed when a teenager comes up and tells me that uh, that they were paying attention and happened to come across a speech or something like that that uh, motivated them. But it happens uh, in various ways and the one thing that's really neat about it is nobody knows what kind of an influence one can have on a society because once a person might listen to what you say and you convert them to an interest in freedom and sound money that uh, that individual 
how do they spread that message? Sometimes they spread it to a few people, but sometimes an individual like that that you may have influence will all of a sudden have a vehicle that they find creative. And I meet more and more people that have been created, much more creative than I have ever been to send out a message and motivate people to study and understand and promote the cause of liberty. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.